Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to HV Pucks Overtime. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is 100% free and available on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And by now, you know that one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with goaltending coach Nick Longo and goaltenders Zach Rogers and Tom Bishop of the Marist College Red Foxes hockey team, and we got into all the different aspects of what goes into the position, um, and we talked also about the Lift the Mask initiative, which was created by uh, the Goalie Guild. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by three members of the Marist College Red Foxes hockey team. I have goaltending coach Nick Longo, and then I have the two goalies, Zach Rogers and Tom Bishop, and we're going to talk tonight about um, some of the things that make this particular position unique. Um, So again, guys, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to meet with me before practice. How's it going? Good, good, good. Good. All right, so Coach, let's start with you. How old were you when you first started skating, and what made you want to become a goalie? Uh, I was 12 or 13, and I didn't have a choice because back in the 80s, if you couldn't skate, they stuck you in the net. Um, The equipment was terrible. Uh, There was the fear factor, and nobody wanted to get hit with pucks, and so they always took the kid who couldn't skate, shoved them in net, and as they say, the rest is history. Okay, nice. What about you? Go ahead. Uh, I was also a little bit of a late bloomer. I started at 11, and it just felt right. I probably was crazy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. It just kept going. Okay. Like they said, it takes a special breed. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Zach. What about you? Uh, well, I started skating probably when I was about four or five. Um, I, didn't, I played skater for most, for like through my younger years. I didn't become a goalie until I was about eight or nine. Around then, I kind of alternated between the two, but um, I kind of wanted, I didn't really at first want to become one, we just kind of alternated, went through the kids on the roster who played goalie, and so for me, I just, I would, you know, people told me I was good at it, so I'm like, okay, I'll stick with this, and eventually, you know, I just kind of stuck with it. And based on what I've seen so far, you are good at it, so. Um, better than good at it. <laughs> we'll start with you, Zach. What's the greatest thing about being a goalie, in your opinion? Um, for me, I kind of, you know, I like I like being the last line of defense. That's, you know, that's what I really like. It's kind of, I kind of thrive on that kind of pressure. I, I like to be able to, you know, make or break a game. Right. So for me, that's kind of the most rewarding feeling, what, the greatest thing about this position. And I see Tom, you're shaking your head yeah. too. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, like, it's like you get to be an impact player every time you step on the ice. You're usually the most important because you are that last line of defense. 
Yes. Right. And I know that, you know, Zach mentioned this, and it, when you think about goaltending, it automatically, the pressure, you know. So, again, you guys thrive on that, but that can also, I think, sometimes, you know, wear you down or weigh on you. Coach Longo, so, again, what's the greatest thing about being a goalie? No, I love the pressure, but it's also that brotherhood. You can step into any rink, and, you know, the other guys have a different relationship with the other team. And when you're staring down the guy at the other end, you, you might hate him during the game, but at the end of the game, you understand what he went through. He gets you a little tighter. And I like that brotherhood that they always talk about a goalie union. And, you know, I'll see goaltenders that I haven't seen. You know, again, we got UNH coming up. I'll see Sully. And I worked with him at the All-Star game three years ago. And it's like, we never missed a beat. You know, hey, coach, how are you doing? So, and that mystique of being a little bit different, too. I, I, I like that. That we're not the same as everybody else. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about it being a brotherhood. I was at the Ramapo Fairfield game on Sunday, and it went to OT, so the goalies switched sides, and as they were going past each other, they tapped each other's gloves. So I don't know if they know each other or don't know each other, but there was definitely, and I was, I was actually standing next to the goalie's mom, and I was like, did you see that? And she's like, yeah, of course, that's what, that's what goalies do. All right, so let's jump in with Tom. Um, what are the, some, some of the biggest misconceptions out there about being a goalie? Uh, that are the craziest. <laughs> Uh, also that it's the most dangerous because if you really think about it, we're probably playing the safest position in the game. Right, right. Well, as, you know, having guys in the, in the show like Ilya Brzgalov certainly don't help, um, you know, to dissuade the myths about being, uh, you know, a little bit a little bit out there. Uh, Zach, you know, what's one of your biggest misconceptions, would you say? Yeah, um, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, the injury thing is definitely a, uh, a big thing because for me it's, I've always liked playing goalie, and I've once hit and got involved. My mom was actually adamant that I could never skate out again. Okay. Um, but my brother, he plays out, and kind of I've luckily avoided major injury up to this point. But okay. my my younger brothers have like four concussions, so Yikes. it's kind of like you know, it's sure like the puck coming at you isn't great, but with the padding on, it might sting depending on where it hits you. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be that bad so like when you get hit in the mask is that like the worst part i mean yeah um sometimes it's i for me it's it's less about my new mask it's not a big of an issue my old mask kind of stung a little bit more okay, right. um, which is being an issue and sometimes actually it hits you and it kind of the puck burns a little yeah, bit and the smell is awful yeah, it's, it's like a car huh. it's yeah it's a car you smell the rubber burning huh yeah, yeah. wow See, for me, because my equipment is always older and a little bit different, the mask wasn't so much the problem. So I've always had a really nice mask. I've had a hack for the switch of tanks. It's my collarbones, because I wear my chest protector lower. So catching stuff off my collarbone was always the absolute worst. Okay. Because it would just stay with you and it just wouldn't go away. And for me, that, that injury part. But again, like these guys are saying, we have the game in front of us. You know, the game, we see the game at us. I think the defensemen are crazier than we are. Hmm. They're blocking shots, and they got a third of the equipment we do. Sure. And they're battling, and they're getting twisted and turning, and these guys are throwing bombs at from the point. Huh. And I think those guys, I give them more credit for being a little nutty than we are, but we always get the stigma yeah. because of the, you know, guys like Briskoloff, and then you go back into, you know, the mask, you know, the, watching the guys without the mask. Sure, right? absolutely. You know, and you get, you know, Bobby Hall shooting at 120 miles an hour and, and shooting high. 
I think it also just has to do with the fact that you're, again, the last line of defense. You know, you're, you're, you're choosing to stand in front of that frozen rubber, you know, disc that's coming at you, you know, at you know, 100 miles an hour and whatnot. Um, so I don't want you to give away any state secrets, but, you know, let's just talk a little bit about <coughs> pregame routine or superstition. So let's start with Coach Longo. Uh, now pregame routine with coaching is, you know, it's different than when I was a player. So, like, it, the routine is just, that's what it is. It's a routine. I don't believe, I don't buy into superstitions. Um, routines can change, superstitions can't. So again, I just, you know, I have the same routine getting into game day when I was a player. I was very methodical about where I sat in the locker room and how I laid out my gear, how I got dressed, and then after the game, how the gear went back into the bag. I was very, it's weird, like it, it was all about the gear and how the gear got set up and put on and it was like, you know, again, again I'll be totally cliche, but it was like gearing up for battle. Like sure. it, was, it was putting on the, that suit of armor because at school or at work, you're, you're one persona. But as soon as you put that mask on, you're somebody different. You get transcended to a different place. Oh, I, I believe it. I absolutely believe it. You know, Tom, in terms of anything that you do to get prepared, rituals, superstitions. Yeah, like, you know, it starts with the meal. Then What's then the pregame meal? Just like pasta and a salad usually. Okay. Lots of water. Okay. Um, I'm not too superstitious, I do have a routine. I always like to take my stick and I kind of like to sit in the stands and just think about what I'm going to do that night. Right. Calm down, like get your eyes going. Okay. All right, Zach, what about you? Uh, well, I, game days, I generally have a pretty lengthy routine. I mean, when I'm, before I even get to the rink, I generally, I generally don't do much uh, leading up to the game. I normally don't really even get out of bed until like I have to get up, take a shower, and get ready to go. Okay. Um, but once I get to the rink, I've used pretty much all two hours that we're here uh, before the game. I start out with normally with a dynamic warm up, and I get into some more uh, goalie specific movements, and okay. I start warming up the hands and the eyes, and then I get into a mental workout that I've done for a long time. Um, and then normally after that, I'll, I'll run through everything again quickly for like 10 minutes or so, and then I'll head in to get dressed. And, you know, I do that. To, it helps me get warmed up, and it's a good routine. And, you know, I can, like, if we get, like, away games, we don't normally get there with that much, as much time. So I'll just run through what I can, and that's not that big of an issue. Right. For me, so I, I like having that routine, but it's not it's not huge if I have to you know shorten it up or do something right. else. Or if the bus is late, the bus breaks mm -hmm. down. There's traffic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was at uh, ice time last year. It was a Monroe game. I'm not going to mention who the other team was, but they came extremely late. And this is a team that's known to be dominant, and they were just flat in the first period. These are also high school kids and whatnot, but. I definitely think that there's a lot that goes into that. All right, gentlemen, an embarrassing on-ice moment that comes to mind. I'm sure you have to have one. Have Let's start with time. I have too many, probably. Um, one that comes to the top of my head is uh, my senior year of high school. We're going into like like a two or one goal game into the third, and we're all getting fired up, ready to go out there, and I go out with my skate guards on. Nice. And I just trip and fall. Wipe out. And, and I try, I mean, I just pretend that I tripped over the net. Oh, okay. Man. Yeah, I tried to get my skate guards off as quick as possible. We won the game, though, so. That's hey, listen, as long as you won the game, Coach Longo. Uh, senior year again, um, had a gem of a game. Things are going well. Maybe getting a little cocky. 
Puck comes down, we're on a power play, I fire out of the net to go throw the puck down. It's late in the game, no need to do it. We were well in hand, I played really well. I missed the puck and it goes in, it's like a hundred footer. Ugh. I just misplayed it and, and it sails in, there goes my shutout. And there goes my good game. And the only thing that people talked about on the bus ride home was how, you know, I blew that, like, what were you thinking? I was like, I don't know. Sometimes that happens. <clears throat> Zach, what about an embarrassing on ice moment? Um, I mean, I almost had one this year. I almost had a divot in the ice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Keen State at game, I think it was. Yep. I had a divot in the cool. ice, fell down, and luckily the kid nice. just shot it into me. <laughs> he okay. got it. Um, <laughs> Wow. But uh, yeah. other than that, I mean, for me, I kind of, I bet you I have, embar- I know I have embarrassing moments, but for me, I block them out. I don't, I don't remember any of them. I know my brother still makes fun of me for a goal. I let up in like squirts. I cannot, I have no memory of it ever happening. <coughs> I think it's important to have that short memory to be able to block it out, which is one, of the, which is actually leads to the next question. So we'll start with you. Uh, Zach, how do you recover after giving up a bad goal or after a bad particular game? Mm-hmm. Uh, for a bad goal, I mean, any goal on the ice doesn't matter, bad or good. I normal, I just move right on. It doesn't really matter to me. I mean, it's one goal. Um, you know, it happens. So you just have to move on. And for me, I just kind of block it out. And then after a bad loss or like after a game, I'll revisit a bad goal. I'll think about it, maybe work on whatever I need to work on next practice. But after that, I just kind of completely forget about it. Uh, but a bad loss, you know, it's it's tough. Um, for me, it's just kind of, I think about it that night, and that night it's kind of tough uh, to take. But the next morning, you know, you get up and you just move on. You can't dwell on it for right, that long right, or else right. it's going to start messing with your head. Got to have a short-term memory. All right. Tom, we'll go to you as far as bad goal, bad loss, what do you do? I mean, bad goal, like, just react the same no matter what. Take a sip of water, breathe, focus on the next shot. But okay. You can, nothing you can do about it now, just focus on continuing. Bad game? Just bad game. I mean, you acknowledge what went wrong, but, like, I always try and stay level-headed. I had a coach that always say, like, a season's like peaks and valleys, and it's just about staying even-keeled. So try not to get too, too high on the highs and too lows on the lows. Okay. I was talking to – I did a special over the summer. I interviewed three women, one's at Providence, one's at Quinnipiac. She's actually the starting goalie at Quinnipiac. And uh, one's at Nazareth. They just start a women's program. And I can't remember which one of them said it, but they used the phrase, change the channel, and just – you know, shift to the next thing. Um, coach Longo, as far as bad goal, bad loss, you know, same kind of approach. Yeah, as a coach, though, it's a little bit different because we have to, you know, we're looking for trends. Okay. Um, and right. helping these guys, I don't want to see the same thing start happening over and over. So I'm looking for trends. Right, bad um, habits. Bad habits, or if we still, you know, is a certain situation throwing my goalies off. And I, and I don't mean to say my goal is, but our goal is off. Is, is, is there a situation that's happening that our team is putting our goalies in a tougher spot to make the save? Sure. So it's more of an analytical thing. What I'll do is I'll take a note of my game card to go back and check it, see who is on the ice, see the personnel, review the video, and see is there a different technique that we can use? Did we do play the right play? We just weren't strong enough on the puck. How did that goal go in? Okay. And for me, you know, I, I hate to quantify goals, but if pucks go under or through a goalie, that's a bad goal. That means they they were in position, they had everything right, 
and the puck physically went through them, that means we're just not being strong enough on the puck. Okay. That's what I quantify as a bad goal. Um, and anything that comes, and it's, it's a term in goaltending called dying in the pie, Mitch Korn coined it, basically from the post through the face-off dot and down to the goal line, anything in that area and below the goal line really should be going in because we're so big in the net visually to the puck. So we need to figure out, tweak, and you know, and again, and these guys will tell you, with goaltending, it's the little things. It, it's not these big changes. It's not big, and it's strategy. We're, we're trying to, with these guys, and even the younger kids that we work with, you know, Zach and Tom are great. They work with the youth programs here. And it's the little things. It's, it's not these gigantic tweaks. It's, right. it's um, attention to detail. You know, and it can be the difference, and we've talked about it with Zach, and I've also t had the conversation with Justin Larkin about rolling your wrist back on a shot instead of coming out towards the puck and, pro and projecting your hands over the puck. That's the difference in a goal. Your bodies are there, but if you pull your hands back, you're going to lose that coverage. Hmm. So that's how we look at it. And to get over a bad loss, you know, we talk about it a little bit. And Again, short-term memory, change the channel. Take it five minutes at a time. It's all those cliches. You just sure. if you dwell on it too long, you're gonna you're right. bound to repeat the same thing again. Right. And, and in, in this sport, you can't have it happen. Absolutely, coach. This is for you. Biggest difference between when you played, you know, and like the goalies of today. You know, it sounds like a easy well, no, it's not. It's not an easy question at all. Right. The difference is, I, I I'm, I'm going to coin a term that that that's being kind of kicked around a little bit now. Is the aesthetics of goaltending has changed. And what that means is um, back in the day, and again, I'm talking the 80s, when I played in late 80s, early 90s, um, we were taught to hold our feet a little bit longer um, and not to fall to one save selection. You know, lots of saves. Just stop, you know, and again, it goes back to Martin Bredor, just stop the buck. And there wasn't so much on this technical, where if a right-handed shot's coming down this way, we're going to default into the reverse VH or... You know, we're, we're going to default into these safe selections. And what we had to be, and what I'm hoping to help with these guys with, is problem solvers. They're solving complex geometric problems out there. Right. Um, and, and when we played, or when I played, <clears throat> the game wasn't broken down like that. It was one instinct. And these guys, like a hassock, their aesthetics are different. They were forcing guys to do things, and they would do different safe selections because the equipment wasn't, was just different. Right. The equipment has become, number one, the mask has become head and shoulders above. You know, when we played, when I played, you got hit in the head with the puck and your mask smelled and the, the rubber smelled and you had a ringer and, and you had the ringing in your ears. You just, you just got your bell rung and you continue right. to play. And these sure. guys out for two weeks <clears throat> and, there's, right. and there's no fear factor. Now the equipment, the, even the little kids have, there's no fear. Uh, when we played, there was a big time fear. I mean, I can, I, there were times hobbling around school or wherever I was, my knees would get beat up, my shoulders. Hmm. Um, but that aesthetics, if you go back and watch, and, and I love watching, I showed uh, Zach and Tom earlier in the season, was the Mario Goslin. If you go YouTube Mario Goslin tribute, it's phenomenal. Some guy put it together. Um, it's uh, got Daft Punk is, is the backing track, which is great too. But his aesthetics of goaltending is what's really changed the way they make the save. Now everything's so technical and so, you know, over almost overanalyzed where, you know, your hands are out in front, you in your biggest gigantic wall in that. Hmm. Where back then it was a little bit different. You you not you know, these kids are taught from, you know, like Zach 
the same from a younger age, you know, getting up on the correct leg. We never got taught how to get up on the correct leg. You just right. got up. Right, right, right. Our coach, I can't tell you, I'm sure these guys have had coaches that just get up. Right. What's that mean? So you're screaming at me to get up. What's that mean? But now it's, when we, when we talk to goalies, it's recover, recover on the proper leg. And so these guys are actually getting into better position faster mm. than, like, you know, than we did. Okay. So I think that for me, the biggest thing from being an old guy to seeing the young guys is that aesthetics. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Um, let's just talk a little bit, because I credit you with turning me on to this, Coach Lombo. Let's just talk a little bit about the Lift the Mask initiative. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that it provides the entire goaltending community with the opportunity to connect with uh, mental health professionals or therapists in their area. Um, and it will even cover the fees. The first like, fee. The first fee. Yeah. Up to $100, which I think is amazing. So is there anything else that you know you can talk to us about in relation to the program? Yeah, there, you know, that's <coughs> Justin Goldman, who runs the Goalie Guild, has been doing great things for goaltenders for years now. And uh, it's really to his credit what he's done with Finn goaltending and just the goaltending community in general. Uh, he's done a lot to push it in the right direction. I think this is one more step. And what they always talk about is the whole athlete. And um, so again, it also provides support for um, organizations like Anxiety and Depression Association of America, the ADAA, and also the Athletes Against Anxiety and Depression Foundation. So they support those guys as well. And they also provide links and stories online for online resources. I was just talking to a high school goalie waiting for these guys to come in. And he had no idea about the Lift the Mask initiative now. Right. And that's, you know, bad on me that I haven't talked to him about it. Sure. And we got talking to him uh, about it. And uh, they also set up an ambassador program, which I'm going to work on. I, I haven't see done that, that yet. Yeah, but, I did see that. But I'm going to become that. And, 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 and a lot of goaltending coaches and goalies kind of do this on their own. But this is a nice way to organize it and get that support out there for communities that don't have support. Again, I've been talking to these guys. Um, I won't mention the goalie by name, but there's a goaltender that I know is, who's struggling a bit, and it's not the physical struggles that he was dealing with last season. It was more of like he was almost lost in the woods, and we talked, all we did was talk. And, and, and one of the things that he was saying is, you know, he didn't have that support system mm -hmm. at the school. He had friends, and he had teammates, and he had teachers, and but he didn't have the support, somebody that right. he could talk to. Right. And again, with the, with the the personal stories that Justin has put on his website, or Mr. Goldman, I should say, um, it's great because these guys, you're reading about Corey Hirsch, you're reading about, you know, um, Ben, and these guys had goalie coaches. These guys yeah. had, but they, but they were, but something within them, even Clint Marchuk, who's got a wonderful story. Yeah. Um, now it's a wonderful story, thank God. Sure. But it, it's, it could have, it could have turned, you know, if it was bad for a long time. They had support systems in place, but these guys, and girls, you know, we're, we're like I said before, when we put that mask on, we become transcendent, and we can't show weakness. You know, if I, if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm hurt, and I wrap up my arm, that's a, that's a sign of like strength. Like I, I got hurt in battle, but if my brain isn't wired right, right, and my brain's on fire, and I can't shut down, I can't turn it off, that's a sign of weakness. You're a weak kid, or you're a weak, you know, right, weak and, individual, and the weak individual, and 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 it's nice to sh see that. You know, the pro athletes are taking the reins. Uh, the Lift the Mask initiative is kind of put shedding light on it that it's okay if your brain hurts a little bit, but you need, you need to step up and you need to find it. And, and guys like me and Zach and Tom and yourself getting the word out 
you know, we're here for these guys. And like, you know, Tom and Zach both work with the youth organizations in the area with me. And those little guys look up to these guys and they still up to these guys. Absolutely. You know, I still have uh, this little goalie that I just saw uh, two weeks ago. They were asking about Justin because Justin used to help us out, Justin Larkin. And just having that network and having the goalies have that ability to reach out to somebody is huge. And like, again, with these guys, I'm always, some days I talk their ears off and other days I don't talk to them at all because you got to kind of read what's going on. And right. Sometimes they want to be talked to and sometimes it's, you know, hands off. <coughs> well, I have to, you know, stick tats out to the Goalie Guild. And if people want more information, just go to GoalieGuild.com. Um, you know, in, in talking about some of these stories, and I think the Ambassadors program is great, um, and they're certainly always looking for donations as well, so anyone who's listening who wants to donate, by all means. But I remember reading um, Corey Hirsch's story, as you mentioned, and even Scott Darling's story um, was amazing as far as his journey through the minor leagues and all these different teams and the things he battled with. And then, of course, Robin Leonard's story came out recently and there was another one I forget the guy's name but the title of the article from the Players Tribune is I'm not Connor McDavid <coughs> that's you know. Ben Meiser Ben Meiser yeah Meisner. Ben Meiser yeah so um, this is a question that was not on the original list but I thought about it on my way here I texted to Coach Longo so if you need to take a minute to collect your thoughts that's fine but what do you do as far as self-care to de you know decompress, disconnect from the game. So I don't know if we want to start with Coach Longo and then give the guys a chance yeah, to respond. Yeah, that's why we can do that. Yeah. yeah. So to decompress from the game, I have a very very hard time decompressing from games. I have even practices. Um, I have an hour car ride to the rink. Right. To for these guys, right. and an hour car ride home. I know where you live. I, I kind of live in that neck of the woods too. So I do that. You know. Four, depending on the weekends, three, four times a week, uh, depending on what we're doing. So I got a lot of time to self-reflect, think about what I'm doing with these guys. Very, very hard for me to shut it off. Same thing, I have hobbies. You know, I love working on cars and hot rods. I have a couple hot rods and big trucks, and I go ATV riding with my son. But even when I'm doing that, my head's still always, always moving. It's always, and I have a real hard time. And this summer was actually, I, I tore my calf muscle doing something unrelated to hockey and I was forced to shut down a little bit and it kind of it was refreshing because like I, had, I was forced to shut down right I was a forced away from the ranks I was a forced huh. not to do anything and I came back at the end of July kind of like regenerate rejuvenated a right. little bit right because I was forced to shut myself down and away from the hockey world and sometimes um, that's what we all need we need to either not that I, I like the fact that you got hurt but yeah, sometimes no. An injury or someone saying to you, you yeah. got to stop. Or your body's shutting down or something yeah. happening. So, Tom, let's just jump to you. Is there something that you do as, you know, hobbies or activities just to kind of break yourself away from the game? Yeah, I really like uh, music. I've been playing guitar longer than I've uh, been skating. Oh, great, so great. I usually find just, you know, I get like maybe half an hour, 45 minutes where I can just kind of forget about everything. Yeah, you know, just play a little bit. Sure. And that, and I like reading a lot because it kind of takes me away from everything. Creative outlets. Yeah. Very good. What about you, Zach? Um, for me, it's kind of like I just need to, you know, let it all out. And normally, like, I'll try and, like, talk to somebody. Like, when I was in high school, I used to have a, a friend that I would talk to. Um, whenever I was feeling down or something like that, I'd always just, you know, send him a text and 
we talk and stuff like that. And it was always good to have that support system. And now, like I call my mom pretty much every day, and that's like you just I just kind of get out anything I'm thinking about with hockey and stuff like that. And the rest of my day, I just go about you know school and stuff like that, and I focus on that. When I'm out there here, you know I think about hockey, but once I'm away from it, I try and you know take my mind off it as much as I can. Um, I like watch funny YouTube videos if I'm thinking about it too much. Something to just you know take my mind off anything really serious. And the fact that you guys are also in college, you know, obviously there's plenty of activities and distractions and things like that. So two more questions. Um, we can start with either one of you if you want. What's one piece of advice you can give to some of the younger netminders out there who will listen to this interview? So either one of you and then we'll go to Coach Longo. Um, I'd say just, you know, just don't listen to what other people are saying because a lot of times, you know, you'll hear whether it's uh, a parent from a teammate or uh, your own teammates or stuff like that. You let in a bad goal, you'll hear what they say, stuff like that. Um, and that's, I mean, it's tough sometimes because they don't really like understand uh, what it's like to be a goalie, but at the end of the day, you know, you just gotta don't really care what they say. You know, it's all about what you think of yourself. Um, so that, that would be my advice. Okay, very, sounds great, sounds great. Tom, what about you? I would say have fun. I mean, it's a very stressful position, no doubt, but if you can't enjoy it, then why even play it? And, you know, like, hockey's just brought so much into my life and taught me so much, and it's just been so much fun. Good, good, good advice. Coach Longo, what about you? Because I know you work with lots of young kids. Yeah, just to build off what they're saying, which is great, what the physical portion is, you can never be a good enough skater. And, and these guys, can, you see them nodding their head, like the skating is, that's it. Like it's a goaltender, it's gonna, and it's goalie-specific skating. It, you, we work in confined areas. We work in a very tight, very tight spots. And it's got to be explosive, and it's got to be short, and it's got to be fast. And, and no matter, these guys are great skaters and they can be better. And, and that's why if you've ever watched, you know, YouTube clips of pro goalies, what are they always doing? They're always skating. They're working on those fundamental skating patterns and, and they're working on the fundamentals. And that skating is always that foundation, that balanced skating. If you can get there early with your skating, everything will take care of itself. Great, great. I know the answer to this last question because we went over it when I met with you and um, Dan and Connor and Mike Beck. You might, yeah, you might have a different one, which is fine. So the last question as we wrap up here, guys, is who are some of the NHL goalies, past or present, that you admire? So I don't know if you guys want to take a shot first. You want me to go? Tom, you want to go? Yeah, probably Jonathan Quick. He's from the town over from me in Connecticut. Okay, very good. Very big. I remember when he won his first Stanley Cup. Yeah. Everyone was like really excited. No one even liked the Kings. They were just excited for him. Of course, so, you know, especially if it's a guy who grew up yeah. next town over, and you feel that connection. It's it's unfortunate that he's banged up right now. Yeah, um, sure. This team, Kings really seem to be struggling without him. Um, Zach, is there one that uh, comes to mind for you? Um, for me, it's kind of like you know. I always have, I like Tuka because I'm from uh, Massachusetts, so okay. I'm always, I like the hometown. But, you know, from like a technical standpoint, I love watching like Carey Price. Um, okay. He's great, like his fundamentals. And, you know, Jonathan Cook's obviously fun to watch because you got that athletic style. Um, so for me, it's just kind of, you know, 
I admire, like, all, there are different aspects of every goal oh, sure, that sure. I like to watch. Sure. Um, I don't really have, like, any favorites or anything like okay. that. Okay. I mean, you could probably take a little piece from almost everybody. Mm -hmm. So, Coach Longo, now it's your turn. I'm going to go old, very old. These okay. guys might not even know who they are because he's, uh, I'm going to Andy Jockman. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, I admire him because these guys probably don't know the story. 1960, he got burned really bad in the kitchen fire. And back in the day, there was only six jobs for goaltenders in the entire NHL. And he played with, I, th and I might be misquoted here, but I think there were third degree burns on his legs. Wow. To make the Providence Reds team, to make the, he could have gone home and just called it quits and gone and worked in a factory. Right. But he played with the bad burns for five years. Mm -hmm. Well, not for five years, but he made the Reds five years later. He's the Rangers goalie. Yeah. And the rest, as I say, is history. Yeah. And if you want to see something powerful, what how would he what he did for the Ranger fans, just YouTube Eddie Jockman returns to the garden. Absolutely, yeah. If you boys That's, haven't seen it, yeah, he yeah. was traded to Detroit and the, he was the on garden waivers. faithful. No, they didn't trade him, he was on waivers. Oh, he was on waivers. They, they placed him, him on waivers, <clears throat> they picked him up and two days later. Came back. Came back. And, and the and place was, went nuts. Yeah. And then I have to agree with Zach. Present day goaltending is, is Carey Price is so fun to watch. Yeah. Fundamentally sound, but again, he'll revert to whatever he needs to to make the save. Well, he's uh, the highest paid goalie in the show right now. So. And he plays in a pressure cooker. He plays in Montreal. Yeah, of course. It's not an easy place to play. You can't play. go get a cup of coffee without somebody commenting uh, on whatever. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Here's my hot take on Carey Price. Um, I think that he is going to wind up going out to Seattle and becoming the goaltender for this new Seattle franchise in a couple years once that, like Marc-Andre Fleury did yeah. with, uh, with Vegas. I mean, you know, I, I enjoy watching him too. I know he got hurt, and uh, I think his game slipped a little bit, but it looks like he's back to... I mean, the Canadians are surprising everybody right now. Nobody predicted them to do well. My favorite goalie of all time is Mike Richter, just because, I mean, he was a money goalie. I remember, you know... Growing up, going or suffering hockey games, and, and I never played. I can't even skate. I mean, Coach Longo knows that. But, you know, just watching him do what he did so and bring that cup to the Rangers, after, you know, ending that drought, that's just, uh, you know. And as far as a modern-day goaltender, just because I like his story, Cam Talbot. You know, Henrik Lundqvist goes yeah, down. Cam, what's yeah. that? Watching in Hartford a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, see. So, Cam Talbot, you know, Lundqvist goes down with the injury. Talbot's 27, played hockey at the University of Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Comes in. You know, helps them win the President's Trophy. I still wear his jersey to the Ranger games, much to the chagrin of my fan. My friends are all Lundquist fans, but that's a story for another day. Okay. So uh, I've been here chatting with uh, goaltending coach Nick Longo and goaltender Zach Rogers and Tom Bishop of the Marist College Red Foxes hockey team. Uh, we've been talking, you know, soup to nuts, everything there is to know about this position. I really do appreciate it, boys, taking the time out. And uh, best of luck on Saturday against UNHLB in the house. Thank you. Uh, this is your boy Trav, and you're listening to HV Pucks Overtime. Uh, hello there. Uh, this is uh, Happy Gilmore, and uh, you're listening to the HV Pucks Podcast. Available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HV Pucks Overtime. And if there are any topics you'd like me to address or guests you'd like to hear from, please tweet me at TravJack71 as I do this podcast for you. You can also find me on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. 
This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.